Back to e-commerce on tap, brought to you by Sourceify. My name is Nathan Resnick. Today, we're with Brent from AMZ Pathfinder. Brent, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Nathan. Thanks for having me on. Much appreciated. So I want to start, we just touched on it in the pre-show of what does it look like for a brand selling on Amazon that wants to expand in Europe? And the reason why this is top of mind is Brent is actually based in France. So he is the go-to on the ground expert of what does Amazon look like in Europe? Yeah, sure. I'm happy to shed some light on that or diving in right to the technical stuff, especially with Amazon and their international expansion. And I will say that over the years, obviously Amazon dominates a lot of the conversation in North America and we take it for granted as a lot of Americans. I'm from Pennsylvania, although I do live here in France. So I'm familiar with what they're up to in the US, of course, with our clients, but it's not such a given here in Europe. It's not such a given that Amazon is a dominant player. They're really the scrappy startup in a lot of these countries. And it was reflected in the way that they act and the way their policies work. I can speak to France really directly because they have a lot of native competition here and a lot of companies that are pushing back against them too, because they don't like this big American company coming in. They don't pay the taxes that they should. There's a lot of arguments that you hear about it. So they're not the entrenched winner that's been around for 20 years. They're like the newer company. Another thing to stress about that is, you know, when you say expand to Europe, or you mentioned Australia too, Europe is a composition of many countries that are vastly different in terms of language, culture, history. In the US, we're used to like, okay, Utah, Pennsylvania, Maryland. All right, we all speak English. We all get what's going on here culturally. There's obviously differences between states, but there's a lot more homogeneity, I think. And the way that a German shopper acts, thinks, feels what they respond to is very different from the way that Spanish shopper or a French shopper feels. Just at what scale do you think an Amazon brand should be at to expand into Europe? Because it sounds like almost from what you're saying that the bang isn't worth the buck to go into Europe because it's localized in a dozen or so different countries. And so should a brand on Amazon be at 5 million, 10 million, 50 million? At what scale should they really start looking at expanding internationally and, and particularly in Europe? Yeah, I think that there's two ways to answer that. One is you should have an order of operations for which countries you want to do. And Germany is usually number one, right? Germany or the UK. UK, obviously, because it's English. Now it's not the same English that we speak in the US. It's pretty darn close though, right? So it's easy to get over there. And then logistically, you have to think Germany's quite good because you can use it as a base to dispatch to other European countries and what Amazon calls like the pan-EU network. But what size should the brand be at? Yeah, I think you want to start hitting your head on the ceiling in the US first before you really consider expanding into Europe. And Europe is still going to even then at best be at most 30, 35% of what you're getting in the US typically. This really depends on... I would say subcategory and the addressable market you have. There's some things that are universal, like baby, right? Things that are in the baby category are universal everywhere. But just to like niche down further, something that's really popular in Germany that's maybe not as popular in France or the US, I don't know if it's popular in the US, is like wooden kids' toys. For some reason, yeah. Germans love wooden kids' toys. Those are really popular. You might not have the same reception for that in Spain or France, for example. So it's incumbent on brands to, first of all, understand where the ceiling is and the markets they're already in in North America, if they're starting there. And then also to do the market research to understand, uh, is there demand for what we're selling in this particular market? Because yet again, Europe is not just one thing. Maybe you'll launch a product, it'll explode in Italy. We've seen this with clients. It blows up in Italy. It goes big time. And then in Spain, it's like crickets. And then Germany, it's like tepid. Eh, it's okay. But for whatever reason, man, that just took off in Italy. How great is that? 
And some of that's hard to predict, but there are tools out there, plenty of Amazon tools. You can maybe even contact people you know from that culture, uh, take polls online. There's all kinds of creative ways to do it. Heck, you can probably even ask ChatGPT these days and see what it right. says. Got it. Makes a lot of sense. I know we dove in real quick right there, but Brent, I want to get your quick 30 second background. How did you start in the Amazon ecosystem? I know you've been in the industry for a while. We've overlapped at a lot of events and different trade shows and whatnot. And so yeah, I want to learn, how did you get your start in the Amazon ecosystem? Yeah, sure. Almost a decade ago now, I got into paid advertising, actually more than a decade ago now that I think about it. And I worked at a B2B marketing firm doing Google ads. And then eventually I was in a totally different career a couple of years later in 2014 and had a friend who was selling on Amazon and he had just discovered what people call now like FBA, like fulfillment by Amazon, the whole model where you send products to their warehouses, you get prime access and you pay some fees, but ultimately they outsource a lot of the fulfillment for you. So as a third party seller, you can focus on sourcing products and growing a brand and pushing yourself on the marketplace. That started that whole wave. I would argue that really was that 2014, 15, 16, like gold rush when everybody was doing FBA. And I jumped in on that, not as a seller, but as a service provider, because I thought, oh, wow, there's dozens of these people in Facebook groups and none of them have any idea what they're doing with ads. And the ad system on Amazon is basic, but I can see the trajectory of where it's going to go. So I thought now is the time to start consulting. And then eventually ended up growing an agency, which was never really my intention. When you have people knocking down your door to work with you, you eventually hire people and then the team starts to grow. And next thing you get 22 people. I think we're, I think we're at 22 or 23 people at this point. So it took some years, slow and steady, but yeah, now we have a pretty respectable team size and work with clients all over the world who are selling primarily in North America and Europe. Although we have a couple of clients that are selling in Australia and the Middle East too. Got it. So when it comes to AMZ Pathfinder, what are kind of the main unlocks that you focus on for customers? Is it optimizing ad spend? Is it optimizing the listing? Is it all of the above? What's kind of the main focal points? Yeah, we got three pillars these days. The first one is what you pretty much mentioned, man. You hit it on the head, which is advertising. So anything Amazon advertising, that includes ads that are in on platform, actually in the ecosystem itself, in the marketplace, those that are off platform, which means like Amazon DSP, because they have their own display ad network. So those are the two big ones there for advertising. We do a lot of what we call listing optimization or conversion rate optimization for products and storefronts. So you're talking to both humans and robots on the Amazon ecosystem to make sure your conversion rates are as good as they can be. We found that over the past two years, that really helps our ad outcomes. So we started to offer that more and more. And now we're become more specialized in it. And the last thing, which is far newer, is external traffic, driving qualified paid traffic from Google to Amazon, which is something that Amazon has now started to incentivize in their algorithms. And even with some other little bonuses they have where they actually pay you back part of the revenue that you drive to their ecosystem from external traffic. And so that's like a whole new platform we've really taken advantage of just in the last year. So those are our three pillars these days. And we see the most growth in that last one. Makes sense. I feel like every seller on Amazon needs to look at the whole picture, right? Because if you're spending money on Amazon ads, but your listing isn't optimized, you're not going to get the best conversion. And so I'm curious, what are some of the big unlocks that you've uncovered through your team over the decade plus running what now is the whole funnel of, okay, we're going to scale up your ads on Amazon, but we're also going to try to increase conversion rates. And so I'm curious, I know there's been a lot of unlock across Facebook through Shopify and you have to have the branding the same and the images the same and all of that. And so I'm curious, what are some unlocks mm -hmm. that you've uncovered looking at the whole picture? 
Yeah, it's an interesting answer because Amazon is a sandbox where they see the customer as their customer. And you as a 3P seller, let's talk about 3P sellers here for a minute, not vendors, which is the biggest companies in the world, like Hershey Chocolate from, from my own home state, Pennsylvania, yeah. or like Nike, which is famous because they don't really play ball with Amazon. They have their own way of doing things. But just like a 3P seller, let's say you're making $5 million a year, you got a small team, maybe a 3PL warehouse, you're trying to differentiate with a brand. But Amazon is a sandbox where you only have so many levers you can really pull because you can't customize the product detail page to the extent that you could if you had a Shopify site, right? So you have only a certain number of variables to work within. And so that's your primary image and the eight subsequent images and videos, the title, the bullet points, the A-plus content, review optimization, and then everything that falls under those things. So it's like structured data that Amazon respects because they love structured data and they love when you feed their algorithm more and more information. That usually looks like uploading what Amazon calls like flat files, which is here's all the basic information in the back end of this listing. And then you have the side that appeals to humans. So that creative side that appeals to humans, the art side is the part that I think we are more focused on of those two things, because that's where you can actually bring in a brand and bring in voice and bring in character and personality. But still you are a bit restrained to the confines of the the format of the product detail page, which sometimes when you look at Amazon, I don't know if you ever get this feeling, Nathan, but if you've ever been on like different like Asian e-commerce platforms, like ones in China or Japan, for example, like the information density there is very different. The way that you shop there is very different. The method of like how shoppers engage and Amazon sometimes to me still feels like 2004, like just the way that the product page looks, or maybe it's just because I look at it too much. To circle back to your question, I'm getting a little bit off topic here, but like you have to think about the art side of things and how you can actually have a brand that stands out and is differentiated. And that does also mean having an off Amazon presence that's mature and looks good and is like high quality because people totally. often research off Amazon to make a purchase on Amazon and vice versa. When we run external traffic, we see a boost in clients, like overall sales, not just on Amazon, we're basically sending people to Amazon and then they're going back, they're researching other places. It's impossible to always attribute everything properly, but just understand that people have to have seven to nine touch points with a brand before they really start to sink in, especially for right. more expensive products. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, especially from my experience in Asia, the density of some of these marketplaces in terms of content is way greater than it is on Amazon or any other marketplace in America. I think just American shoppers aren't used to as much information on screen as Asian shoppers are. I don't know what, why that is, but I definitely, like if you compare Amazon to like Taobao or one of these localized marketplaces in Asia, it's so different in design. It's pretty crazy. One question that comes to mind right. though, that I know a lot of Amazon sellers ask is what is an effective way to test creative when you're trying to optimize your listing, whether it be your product photos. Is there an easy way to test images and creative? And what are kind of the biggest lifts that your team has uncovered when it comes to conversion lifts specifically on Amazon listings themselves? Sure. There's actually three ways I can think of. Let's start with the Amazon one. So Amazon does have their own AB testing facility, which is basically an externalized version of the one that they use internally. And that allows you to AB test major components of listings. 
it does wait until it finds statistical significance. And there's other factors there that could screw that up. If you run a promo or something, or if there's prime day, like a big sales event. So try not to run it during overlap with one of those things. But the idea is like any A-B testing, you change one major variable in a substantial way, and then Amazon will split the traffic and run the numbers for you. And it can ultimately apply a decision and change for you. I don't recommend that. I recommend looking at the test when it finishes, you make the decision to go in and say, all right, we're actually going to take that title from 180 characters with this and this keyword to 200 characters with these other keywords that we added or switched around the order of, and we found that the conversions are better. So that's an Amazon native way to do it. One caveat to that is that's just for like general Amazon traffic on a product detail page. And that's built in. That's called manage my experiments. Actually, if you look around in Seller Central, anyone who's listening to this who knows Amazon probably knows about that. Maybe they've tried it. Maybe they haven't. It is free, which is great. Take advantage of it, man. Go for it. The only caveat to that, though, I will say, Nathan, there's no such facility for ads. We love ads. We've been doing ads for eight years. And still to this day, there is no ability for us to A-B test copy and creative in what's called like a sponsored brand ad, which is a type of ad on Amazon that has a lot more creative freedom. So anyone from Amazon, if you're listening, please add A-B testing to sponsored brand creative. <laughs> Us ad people would really appreciate that. We try our best to approximate it, but it's still not true A-B testing. The other way I would encourage people to look at is using third-party tools. Uh, there's two I can think of. One's called Conversion Crimes, which is a website that is basically user testing. And user testing is something that you might think, oh, this is reserved for like huge budget websites or like companies that can throw thousands of dollars at something. Conversion crimes is a bit more of a democratized version of like user testing. And so how that works is you will give somebody two versions of your listing on Amazon uh, and they actually have a special package that's just for this because they found that a lot of people were using their software for this purpose. And you get a series of videos from qualified users who are Amazon Prime shoppers who say, the reason I wouldn't buy this is because this, or I really like this one feature. This is something you should put in a bullet point because I don't see it listed anywhere on here. And as a shopper, I'm looking for this. Oh, these three photos are really useful, but this seventh photo is junk. It doesn't tell me anything. So you get to watch 15, 20. I don't know how long the videos are. We've done this before. The videos can be 15, 20 minutes long of someone explaining why or why not they actually like your product listing versus maybe someone else's or maybe version B that you've submitted. So that's a great tool. I think it's just conversioncrimes.com. You can Google it. And then there's another one, PickFu, which is pretty famous in the e-commerce world. And that's basically conversion crimes, but way simpler. It's pick image A or image B, Y. <laughs> there's no video. It's just people with text responses. And it's good for gathering like a larger number of opinions. So we use that tool, I would say more frequently to do like testing for images, headline copy, those kind of things. So think about that for larger scale testing with larger numbers of people. So oh, those are all ways that we've definitely used for conversion. And then if the data backs it out, you keep the change. If it doesn't, you go back to the drawing board and come back with a scientific method and restart with your hypothesis and see where it takes you. Makes sense. Thanks for sharing those tools too. I'm curious, you have over a decade of experience advertising in the e-commerce ecosystem. When Amazon first was rolling out its ad platform, did you think it was going to get to the scale that it's at today? They're now, I think, the second biggest advertising platform. Did they surpass Facebook or is it Facebook, Google, then Amazon? I don't know. I think they're a third still because I was okay. looking at the quarter one results mm -hmm. recently and Google's still the behemoth. 
Facebook's number, although they mm-hmm. definitely suffered post iOS changes, but they're still right. number two. They're still doing it. And I know they've mm-hmm. made a lot of changes recently. And then you have Amazon, which is a third, not too distant third, but a third. But I think it's been shocking in the last, I would say, six or seven quarters to see that meteoric rise and how much that has actually turned a lot of heads. I remember when there were like a handful of Amazon ad agencies and we are one of them. And now there are new ones every week. Right. <laughs> it's definitely caught the attention of a lot of people who are jumping into this space agencies that have been around for decades, sometimes even longer, like the big ad agencies that work with big brands. I think they're starting to spin up Amazon departments and Amazon as a company continues to move up the funnel. So everything we've talked about so far has been really bottom and mid funnel, whereas Mm -hmm. Amazon has aspirations with their display network to be the company that you can be like Ford Motor Company and go to them and be like, hey, we got a new F-150 Lightning truck. Let's get this on millions of fire TVs. Let's get it in front of people when they're watching NFL Thursday Night Football. I think Amazon owns that now. 140 million Prime members. Like Amazon's ad aspirations are much bigger than just shopper goes to Amazon, types in keyword, sees your ad, buys your thing. That's how they started. And I wish I could sit here, Nathan, and say, I saw all this from seven years ago, but that's just (laughs) simply not the case. (laughs) I just thought, hey, this is cool. I know about pay-per-click ads. I get this. Let me start consulting and uh, took it from there. I never thought Amazon will build this. But if you actually look at their numbers, it's quite clear that Amazon is one of the things that funds the company now, along with AWS. Um, and the marketplace is something that Amazon is doesn't seem too overly interested in anymore. They care a lot more about these other things. To me, it seems their AWS, so their cloud business and advertising business, are just print money. It's such a great avenue exactly. of their business, whereas the marketplace, it's not nearly as profitable. And so for them to focus on the marketplace. Maybe they've shifted focus into ads and us, obviously. Yeah. So one question that I've got to ask, given how fast AI is evolving in e-commerce, are there any kind of AI use cases that you've seen recently that just shocked you? And if so, what kind of AI tools or features have you seen that have impacted your world in e-commerce? I got to give credit to a lot of the Amazon software companies out there. I could name a couple specifically, like Zonguru is one that we use, but they adopted some of this ChatGPT 3.0. And now of course we're on like what, 4.0, pretty early on in their tools. And some of the early use cases that came to the fore immediately were writing and rewriting copy on listings, like bullet points, understanding by using the large language models, like to go out on the internet when that feature finally came out and look at competitors and understand what their listings look like. So it took the work of writing really compelling copy, bullet points, whatever kind of textual stuff you have on a product listing and took that down to cut off 95% of the time that you would take to do that and iterate on it. People ask, is there a use case? Is there a use case? It's it's already being used. Like (laughs) the most leading edge sellers that we know, that clients that we work with, they're already doing this stuff. We're doing it too for ad copy, for help with like scripts on a video. There's all kinds of use cases that we love to use. And as it's almost impossible to keep up with the AI stuff. And by the time this podcast even comes out, I'm sure there'll be even more things. But what was the one I saw recently? It was basically like some of these AIs, now they have a thing where they'll send prompts to each other. So it's like a chain of events. Yeah, auto GPT. So they can kind of, they can like self-direct. So they're like self-directing. What we're using it for is still fairly basic compared to that. Like maybe there's a use case there that I haven't discovered. But a lot of Amazon tool providers have ramped up very fast. And I saw something today. Someone on my team typed a thing in that was basically, hey, can you recommend the top products in this category with this kind of keyword? And it gave, oh, here are like the top 20 on Amazon and gave their ASINs. ASINs, the 
Amazon service identification number. Mm -hmm. So it's like the unique Amazon number. And so right. for us in advertising, that is a target list. We're like, oh, we're going to advertise against those 20 products. Actually, our client had two products on that list, but we were like, okay, let's advertise the other 19 or 18 on here. And so that's just another use case. And it's definitely a hot topic these days, but man, my joke is like, ChatGPT and these guys have been more useful in six months than crypto has been in like 12 years. <laughs> it's already being used. We're already all using it. And it just happened like overnight. Yeah. Uh, so I love yeah, I think this is really just the first step in the use case of AI. Two tools that I've seen that are pretty cool is one, just being able to like test images very effectively with AI. So using AI to edit or test different images that you can use on your listing very effectively. And then there's a company called Capable that kind of uses it to understand how your 3PL is performing and being able to test and understand oh. if your 3PL is meeting the standards and the requirements of your contract, which is pretty neat too. So really cool That's use case. Incredible. That's not one yeah. I've heard so far, Nate. That's an awesome Yeah, idea. Yeah, really cool use cases that are coming up. And I think this is really just the start. So it's Pretty amazing to see. And Brent, I want to thank you again for coming on e-commerce on tap. And where can people find you if they want to get in touch? Yeah, sure. You can always find us at amcpathfinder.com. If you put forward slash report, that goes to our quarter two report that we put out. We put a report out every quarter, which is just for people to read and understand what we're thinking about, what's the hot stuff that's up on the Amazon advertising world. And if you want to reach me personally, my website's brent.bike. So www.brent.bike. I got to come and mountain bike with you. <laughs> brent.bike. I love it. Yeah, man. Road, gravel, mountain, whatever you want to do. I know you're in Utah, so that's another incredible location for that. I do envy you being over there. But uh, yeah, we got it pretty good in France here too. But yeah, my personal website's just brent.bike. And you can find me on various socials on there. So everything's listed. And you can also book a call with me if you want to talk, whatever. Awesome. That also links back to Pathfinder too. Amazing. Brent, thank you again for coming on e-commerce on tap and everyone tuning in. Remember to like and subscribe and leave a review. It helps us a lot. Thank you again.